I mean, measuring their knowledge is pretty straightforward. We can do a quiz uh, on a monthly basis whenever you deliver a campaign. Uh, measuring behavior at this point of time, the most effective way has been always doing a simulated uh, fishing assessment or social engineering type of exercise. Because with that, you can always get real uh, data okay, that's actionable. All right. Uh, other things like, you know, if you're an auditor, you can just do a morning walkthrough and see how many of them have left their laptops open or the computer open or did not log off. But that is uh, not very practical. All right. But uh, in most cases today, doing a simulated social engineering type of assessment, it's, it's, it's the most effective way at this point of time. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Copio CISO, the podcast where I brew fresh perspectives on cybersecurity. I'm your host, Siva, and today we have a very special episode lined up for you. Why is it special, you ask? Well, not only do we have an industry expert joining us, but this episode is also in conjunction with the Cybersecurity Awareness Month celebrated every October. Our guest today is none other than Raj Kumar, a name synonymous with Cybersecurity Awareness in Malaysia. Raj has been doing Cybersecurity Awareness almost 70 years, tracing back to the days of CyberSafe with Cybersecurity Malaysia. Today, he is the CEO of Cyber Intelligence, the leading cybersecurity awareness and training service provider in the country. In this episode, we are going to explore a range of topics from the human factor in cybersecurity to the future of awareness training. We'll also discuss how we can turn the weakest link into our strongest ally and much more. So, grab your favorite cup of coffee or sit back and let's get this conversation brewing. Welcome to the show, Raj. Wonderful. So let's get started. Um, tell me about yourself. Explain how you got into cybersecurity awareness. I know you have been doing this for more than a decade. Um, I've known you since the days of cybersecurity Malaysia. But still, for the benefit of, uh, of our listeners, explain to them, you know, how did you get yourself into uh, this very specific, very niche area of cybersecurity? Okay, yes. Yeah. So I've been in IT education training and consulting for the last... Uh, 20 years, uh, I started as an academician. Then uh, the last 17 years, I decided, you know, I'm going to specialize in cyber, uh, cybersecurity. That's when I joined Cybersecurity Malaysia and developed the national awareness program called CyberSafe. In fact, I came up with this term as a, uh, it means that security awareness for everyone. That's what it stands for. Uh, this program was basically was uh, designed to help uh, security awareness among kids and teenagers, parents and adults, and organizations. At the time, I felt many were not aware of the risk of being online. And I saw the opportunity uh, to help people. Uh, that's what drove me, basically. And that's where it, where it all began. And uh, from there, and that's where I built my uh, cybersecurity career, uh, specializing in cybersecurity awareness. SAFE stands for security awareness for everyone. It was a national level program. So how did you build it and what were some of the success stories? Okay, when I uh, thought about the CyberSafe, basically at that point, that was my my job to develop an awareness program. And I thought, hey, let's develop something bigger. Then I thought, okay, let's develop something that's very targeted because the concerns for kids and teenagers and parents and also organizations are different. 
So it has to be very targeted. So this is where I go on to developing content for websites, even posters, even for videos. And the aim was to address the awareness among the public uh, rather than focusing very much on organizations at that point of time. All right, because right. Uh, at that point in time, there was no public security awareness program at all. So I would say this this was the first program. Uh, so that really motivated me because it's something that's new. It's, it's a big initiative and uh, uh, to help all the Malaysians. And the thing is that program itself has grown over the years. Okay, now uh, Cybersecurity Malaysia has done a program for schools uh, and so forth. And they've done quite a number of activities that I've seen over the years. All right, so that program itself has has become something else today, and it's really benefiting, especially the school students and the public at large. Right, right. So, um, if I recall correctly, this was way back in I don't know two thousand six, two thousand seven, right? Yep. You know, that's where you started, and wow, that that was way before how it is today, right? You know, the thing is, you know, you were thinking ahead. Yeah. You know what I mean? At that time, I don't know, no, social media was not that prevalent. Smartphones were just entering the market. I still remember the Nokia flip phone, right? So, uh, and, and you thought about CyberSafe, which is security awareness for everyone. Amazing, Raj. Right. So now, let's switch gear um, to the theme of today's episode, which is about... Yes, I mean, uh, I've been to many of the conferences and uh, people share the current threats and risk. And uh, at the end of the day, when they share all that, they say, oh, people are the weakest link. But my question has always been, so what are we doing about it? Right? Right. Um, it is true, of course, because simply they're not informed through a proper channel or formal channel. And they're not trained in cybersecurity. Okay? Most of them got on to... Uh, you know, they started using computer for the first time. They learned about Windows, learning how to use the application. I think most of them did not even worry about safety aspects, how to be safe online. Okay, most of them came to know about, oh, there are virus around, so I need to have antivirus in my system. Uh, that's about it. They didn't go beyond that. But if you look at today, okay, we are hearing things about people are becoming victims of scams and frauds through various social engineering techniques. So this is the key focus today because people are falling victim to such an attack all right and uh, this is where companies it's good to see that a lot of the companies today are paying attention uh, in terms of raising awareness uh, for their staff all right which was not the case many years ago all right today we talk about you know training them in the various areas of cybersecurity, um, doing phishing assessments to ensure that they understand uh, the difference between a real email and a phishing email so that's good and um, very happy to see that how security awareness has matured over the years and now you know when you go out there when you a lot of people are talking about you know the, the that person became victim of certain attack or certain fraud and it's become like it's becoming quite normal if you ask me nowadays as compared to those days all right and people are paying attention and companies are also paying attention so that's uh, my view and i think people are getting better the only issue now is i'm seeing that uh, we're expecting them to change their behavior. I mean, a lot of people mm -hmm. do know about, you know, changing passwords, doing backups. The question is, do they actually do it or not? That's what we need to really address, people's behavior through the wellness program. What you're alluding to is people are not the weakest link, but people can be trained to change their behavior to achieve positive outcome. I mean, there are 
security practitioners who try to take people out of the equation by focusing on technology and processes, right? I mean, you know, the PPT, people, process, technology, right? And and they think that, you know, why do we, why do we have to focus on people? Let's take them out of the equation. But, you know, people are the only link in cyber realm. Without people, cyber realm doesn't exist. So how or why do you even attempt to take people out of the equation? Yeah. People are the ones that create technology and create the processes. So my take is we should make people our strongest ally in combating cyber threats. And I think that's what you already do, right? Like train, increase the awareness, change the culture and get them to be on the side of, you know, combating cyber threats. Yes, absolutely. Right, right. Yeah. So, so let, let, let's talk about security awareness training and how does that tie to people's habits and behaviors? You know, about shaping um, people's habits because most people cruise through their work days without even thinking about what, like browsing the internet, replying emails, attending virtual meetings. So how do you go about shaping this? Good. I, I agree with you. The issue today is, you know, security is always, always being an afterthought until it hits them. Okay. That's human behavior. All right. Until you get punched in the face, you're not going to change. All right. So that's the part we're trying to address here. All right, this is where when we do simulated phishing assessment and all that, they will receive a phishing email, then they click on it, bang. All right, they fall victim to a phishing attack, but it's done in a simulated environment. So that's okay. But at that point in time, they should know that, look, you're not that bright. You're not that smart. Now we're doing this test. Now you know where you stand. All right, that's when they pay attention. So when you do these campaigns on, on a monthly basis, you're challenging them in a way of gamification. That helps. As compared to, of course, they need, they also need to go through a series of topics. They need to understand what is malware, you know, what is, uh, you know, phishing emails, okay, what is uh, wishing, uh, smishing, the various types of social engineering attacks. They need to know that, all right? But that is just knowledge. You give them some videos to watch, they'll watch it. Give them a few questions to answer, they'll answer it. But that is just knowledge. But the thing is, how do we change the behavior? That has come through practice. Even if you ask them to go and do a backup, I mean, when's the last time people do backup? You know, thing is, they tend to forget. All right, that's why nowadays we have auto backup, which helps. But even passwords, the issue with passwords, we have too many passwords to deal with today. All right, that's one of the reasons why people don't change password, or they reuse the same password, or they create a, a simple password that they can remember, and they use that across many of the applications. All right, this is where we. We talk to them, you know, we teach them about how you know, using a password manager to ease their burden. All right, it is a burden. Security can be a burden. So this is where we need to uh, show them an easier way where it's acceptable for them. That's the, the approach we should take. Yeah, agree there. So um, Raj, if change of habit is what we should focus on, what is the top habit that we must focus on changing? Uh, People say, think before you click. That is the big issue today. Things like, you know, right. remembering to change your password, doing backups, all right? Even looking very closely at every single email that you receive. Even when you receive those phishing emails, everything is malicious, then report it. That's good behavior, all right? This is the kind of messages that we need to drive to them. But of course, it's closely tied to the company culture as well. Okay, some people don't really bother. As you mentioned earlier, people come in, they get their job, get their job done, and they go back home. 
all right uh, they don't really worry so much about security unless something goes wrong the key takeaway here is that think before you click i think one habit that we have to strive to change is get them to think before they click right yeah now switching gear to types of uh, security awareness training uh, there are two types that i know one is where you do this training once a year hour long uh, training force uh, the users to click 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 uh, and then you as user you know you find some ways to cheat uh, even mm-hmm. in the training to prevent cheating users will always find ways to work around it and then there's the other type right the second type where the trainings are shorter with sprinkles of you know movie plots scenarios humor and you mentioned also like gamification and so on uh, some yeah. call it bite sized training um yeah. i don't know right you know some say this whole thing is getting boring and must be reinvented um so what is your take on this okay i mean if you were to do once a year awareness training that is not really effective because basically what you're doing is you try to do a crash course I remember your audience is all employees they're not technical people they're not cybersecurity experts all right we are looking at operation staff uh, executives middle management also senior managements they're not cybersecurity experts so this group of people i mean you're talking about the entire workforce we should always deliver topics in chunk size in short for example like 5 minutes video right probably once a month you do that or once a month you do a phishing assessment and do it throughout on a monthly basis for the entire year in that way you get a good uh, response because they find that hey this awareness uh, topic uh, this month we're going to do a topic on fishing it's only going to take 10 minutes every time that is fine as compared to you tell them look once a year we're going to do this awareness training all of you have to sit in the room for one whole day that is not really effective because you or you not even a one day talk about half a day you're going through so many topics in the short period of time it might be a uh, uh, overwhelming uh, for some of the people there yeah totally understand that um if we don't make it exciting i i suppose you know people find it boring and then you know all the effort will go to waste uh, you mentioned a number of roles and i suppose you are th- also thinking or you know probably advocate that the training should also be customized uh, to certain roles you can't have like you know one size fits all kind of an approach so you have different approaches for normal users um based on certain job functions uh, it developers uh, marketing and 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 so on right yep absolutely um yeah the training also as a wellness program i would say it has to be very targeted for for example if you're doing a wellness session for the board of director their concern is more towards tell me about my business risk what happens when we get hit okay mm-hmm. what are the legal aspects what are the regulatory issues we may face or compliance issue we might face that's their biggest concern all right as compared to operation staff some of the operation staff you have there who are on the ground they may not even use a computer on a day to day basis not say they don't use a computer at all they do use a smartphone which basically is a computer anyway all right you deal with a lot of data you have email account there and you deal with a lot of apps so they're also part of the wellness program itself but you have to tailor it based on what they do on a day to day basis right for business users accounts finance right admin telemed program mm-hmm. for them mm-hmm. because we have to look at what they use the computer for or ICT for the matter on a day to day basis and this way you have to come up with programs that's relevant to them if you develop a program that's not relevant to them then they're going to be lost talking about these uh, tailor made or 
custom making security awareness training for each individual. I can't help but to pull artificial intelligence into the conversation, you know, generative AI and all that. So maybe the future is in custom making security awareness based on individual, right? Perhaps, I mean, I mean, I suppose AI can do it based on even user's behavior, right? So, so for instance, you know, your security awareness program tool, which hmm. is, you know, implemented in your environment, will probably talk to some other security tools that you have in your environment, which monitors people's behavior. And then, mm. you know, the AI then will generate specific training program based on the user's behavior. I I, I don't know whether it's, it's, it's already created, but um, thinking ahead, uh, I suppose that's where the whole security awareness, the business will, will move towards. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And I sense that eventually it will be AI driven. Uh, based on the responses from uh, the people themselves, okay. Mm-hmm. For example, you could give them a quiz; they able to answer some of the questions. Some may, questions they may not be able to answer very well. And the engine itself, the AI engine, could customize or randomize a series of uh, topics and programs that's relevant to that particular target group. All right. For example, if you do a phishing assessment with this. Uh, a group of people and they found that some of them were very good in dealing with certain types of phishing emails some were not that good in certain types of phishing emails so the AI engine could actually study all that and give them something that's more uh, relevant uh, something that can help them so Raj moving on I want to talk about uh, measuring security awareness program right so how do we measure the impact of security awareness training I mean it ultimately should lead towards habit or behavior change. But how do you measure this, right? What what would success look like? I mean, measuring their knowledge is pretty straightforward. We can do a quiz uh, on a monthly basis whenever you deliver a campaign. Uh, in measuring behavior at this point of time, the most effective way has been always doing a simulated uh, phishing assessment or social engineering type of exercise. Because with that, you can always get real uh, data, okay, that's actionable. Uh, other things like, you know, if you're an auditor, you can just do a morning walkthrough and see how many of them have left their laptops open or the computer open or did not log off. But that is uh, not very practical, all right? But uh, in most cases today, doing a simulated social engineering type assessment, it's, it's, it's the most effective way at this point of time. Agree, agree. I think you and I know that, you know, in the past, people um, put through the employees uh, hours of, awareness training they put them all in a in a classroom and at the yeah. end of the session toss some papers for them to <laughs> sit down and answer the answer some 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 questions right so but yes. really uh, as you mentioned probably right now one of the key metrics that custom um, uh, organizations are using to measure behavior is the phishing simulation like you mentioned and i suppose there could be a lot more other metrics the impact by testing the users after the training by giving them some kind of test or quiz at the end um, but that doesn't say anything about habit or behavior like you mentioned right so yeah. likely you know phishing simulation could be uh, the best approach right now to see how your security awareness program is moving the needle right but then again yeah. talking about this phishing simulation and all raj um it also depends on the on the sophistication and the complexity of the phishing simulation itself, right? I mean, it's just yeah. so easy to trick people to click, 
because you know you can make it look like absolutely genuine right you know you, you, you to the point that you can't even blame the user for clicking because it looks 100% genuine from a legitimate um sender uh, if you're talking about email phishing right so how do you balance this to sort of to know how do you bring in the complexity and the sophistication of a phishing simulation with regards to measuring the impact of the security awareness program when you do a phishing assessment of course you have to start with a very simple templates and most people should be able to realize that oh, this is a phishing email that's very easy within seconds all right but over time that's when we do phishing assessment you always have to do it continuously once a month and you increase the complexity mm-hmm. right because mm-hmm. even nowadays when i receive phishing email i mean to me I, some of the emails i receive it doesn't even look like phishing email it looks so realistic exactly then i take one step behind i check the domain sometimes even the domain name can be uh, poofed all right and uh, we have to move our mouse pointer go to the link at least the basic things you have to do then you say ah this is a phishing email, all right? And since it's coming from legitimate so-called organizations or appear to be coming from legitimate organizations, that makes it even more tougher for anyone to even identify as a phishing email, all right? It's a real challenge. Right. Uh, that's why you know, uh, when companies uh, ask them, look, should we do the topics first or should we do the phishing assessment first? In fact, what is more critical today is the phishing assessment, all right? Because you receive phishing emails every day day all right and it's going to you know just say 1000 staff is going to all the 1000 staff all right of course some of them will definitely click because all it takes one or two person to click and that's it the attacker is has achieved his uh, his goals yeah 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 i agree agree i mean we all know that phishing is probably the 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 number one vector for initial access right um yeah. the number one vector to um um, you know, breach into organizations' IT network. And and mm-hmm. we don't have to go so far, right? You know, the reason MGM Resort hack, um, though it was not phishing per se, it was really someone calling, uh, impersonating an employee, calling the IT help desk to get mm-hmm. the, the the credentials reset, right? And then to yep. get access to the credentials. So I, I, I suppose this will all come together um, under the broader uh, social engineering um, assessment and, and yep. to ensure that, you know, people are always aware and like you alluded to earlier, think before you click. I think, you know, now we have to also change it to think before you speak. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> That's true. On the same topic of measurement, Raj, I would like to touch on simulated phishing assessment also, right? I know um, uh, which... Which metric do you think organizations uh, should focus on, um, whether it's phishing click rate or phishing reporting rate? I mean, uh, to me, is uh, click rates are pretty straightforward, all right? Um, doesn't really, I mean, you click, yes, you made a, a mistake, okay, so basically you become a risky employee. But thing is, we want to uh, enforce on the staff taking responsibility. If they report... Uh, to me, that that is, I would say, they're taking security responsibility because they're actually reporting it. Right. They're not ignoring it. Uh, they're not saying, oh, this looks like a phishing email. Okay, it looks malicious, but I'm not going to do anything about it. But at least, you know, if you report it, uh, the IT department or the security department, they can inform all their staff, be careful, this phishing email is going around. Okay, that is a good security responsibility now. Absolutely. Right? 
Absolutely. I think, you know, on this one, we are on the same page because uh, even in my organization, my ultimate metric is uh, reporting rather than click rate, right? As you mentioned, and as you discussed earlier, right, you know, the sophistication of phishing emails are so high, so advanced that you cannot differentiate um, between a phishing email and also a, a legitimate email, right? So you just have to assume that highly likely people will click. Now, then we have to turn to, if you click, you shouldn't be afraid to report. You need yep. to get people to report so that the security team can identify, can be notified, and they can invoke incident response yep. sooner rather than later, right? So reporting is key. I, I agree with you. Yep. And yeah. they become part of statistics. I mean, if your company has an incident response policy, I mean, that means the policy is also working. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you can link it to, you know, the, the other part of your security um, policies and procedures. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So now I would like to switch gear and want to talk about coverage of security awareness training. Does it have to be confined to just the workforce and work environment or should it also expand to cover the user's personal life, like bringing the awareness back home and include the family, in-laws, grandparents and so on? Definitely. I mean, everybody's IT user today, right? We can't use the word IT user. <laughs> we all, uh, technology is part of our life, mm-hmm. right? Whether you're at home, whether you're at work, all right? So this group of people, especially the senior citizens, you know, uh, they're not aware or maybe afraid of technology and they may not know what are the risks and threats out there, all right? So they also need to be part of this equation. If you talk about family, the kids, right? Kids, when they're young, they're playing with all their uh, tablet computers and they'll learn how to use those uh, tablet computers by themselves. It's not that difficult. But at the same time, a lot of the young kids also make a lot of friends online, right? They play a lot of social games with people that they know and they do not know. So we need to also uh, pay attention to them because for them, uh, the internet is a Disneyland, all right? Uh, but we need to share with them the, the, the threats uh, that, can, uh, that can face them. Yeah. Right, right. So I'm also um, trying to link it with when I brought the topic of uh, the co- uh, coverage of security awareness beyond just working environment. I, I'm also trying to link uh, like how your your work life and also your personal life like, you know, completely intertwined right now. Right. And, and I've seen also um, or I have read articles or reports of how the threat actors are going beyond you and targeting your family members to get uh, information about you, right? Like, for instance, if I know who your wife is, your kids are, I could probably befriend them on social media and then try to, uh, you know, the the, the chain of uh, attack can now change and can traverse through your family, right? It may sound far-fetched, but I don't think it's not doable. Yeah. I mean, attackers, uh, if they're targeting you, they'll find their ways and means. Yeah. And even if they have to go through your family members, they go through your social media. And nowadays, to get inf- personal information about people is not that difficult. Right. All right. In the in the physical world, if somebody comes up to you, ask for your personal information, you will not give. But if I go to your social media, I can learn half about you. All right. <laughs> so that is reality. All right. And there we have so many platforms. Uh, today is it's unbelievable. Yeah, 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 agree, agree. Now, Raj, the whole idea about uh, hosting this um, episode today and inviting you 
It's really because, you know, the month of October is the Cybersecurity Awareness Month, right? I think, you know, it all started off in the US uh, back in 2004, if I'm not mistaken. And if you visit CISA's website, you can see that they encourage four simple steps to increase cyber hygiene, right? Yep. Uh, but I'm not so sure for how long they've been, you know, um, uh, using or, or advocating these four simple steps. Uh, but, you know, they are still there. And they are, first, use strong passwords and a password manager. Yep. The second one is turn on MFA, multi-factor authentication. Yep. The third one is recognize and report phishing. And the last but not least is update software, right? Yep. So, yep. now, in your opinion, are these enough? Is there anything missing and can be added? Oh, there's many things can add, but these are the very basic tips. I would say the, the very basic ABC that everybody should. Right. You know, I mean, dealing with passwords, turning on uh, a two-factor authentication, okay, reporting phishing or recognizing phishing, more importantly, updating your software. This is a very basic tips and everybody should do it. And unfortunately, some of them, yes, they probably know about it, but they don't do it. That is the issue. Right. Of course, we can talk about uh, mobile security, we can talk about social media security, we can talk about, you know, safety when you go online, when you do online shopping, online banking, right? That is the next step, right? But the most basic is what CISA has mentioned. Yeah, so here we are talking about cyber hygiene and I suppose if you practice this for not an easy target. And these these criminals probably just move away, right? You know, they, will, they are not going to spend their precious time to try to hack into your... MFA or your strong passwords or send you phishing emails, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they will think that, ah, this guy, you know, or, or this company is already practicing some kind of cyber hygiene. And mm-hmm. let's move on and find a new target. Unless, of course, you are a targeted attack, then it's a different story, right? But most of the cyber attacks out there are opportunistic attack. It's just because they just stumble upon you. So it happened yeah. that you have some exploitable vulnerability in your yep. environment and then just go in and work. Yep, that's it. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So, do. correct. So, on the same topic, Cybersecurity Awareness Month, um, do you think it is impactful uh, as in this, you know, it's not like a holiday season or something, right? Um, so, mm-hmm. how can you like compress security awareness which is supposed to be uh, continuous 24-7 kind of a thing throughout the year, but to put that into a month campaign, what does it tell you about security awareness in general and, of course, the effectiveness of the October month as the Cybersecurity Awareness Month? I mean, uh, the awareness has to go out there for the month itself. You know, I don't think many people out there, October is the Cybersecurity Awareness Month, all right? Because this is where the, uh, you know, the authorities have to do a public kind of campaign. Uh, so people are aware, okay, this is Awareness Month. Otherwise, they won't know. Right, okay? right. And uh, what is the objective of this? Uh, so I think that's uh, that has to be done. Now, if that can be done, at least they know every year, this month, mm. everybody's going to go out there and just, you know, yeah. learn something, cybersecurity. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I think it, it, it's like, you know, one could argue Mother's Day or Father's Day um, you know, <laughs> yeah. every, every day, right, throughout the year. Yeah. But you pick one, it's like a symbol. Pick a date and, you know, you celebrate it. Yeah, I understand. I understand. But but wondering whether, um, is this a, a, a big thing in Malaysia? Yeah, I've seen some regulatory bodies or big 
organizations with with deep pocket you know they have this cybersecurity week and all that but yeah, really yeah. you know whether this is widespread in malaysia i from my experience where i see it is not all companies have the security week mm-hmm. uh, not many have come across but i think what's more important is at company level that's fine all right they can do it if they want to right? but i think at the public level i think it's very important all right if you talk about you know reading the news nowadays mm-hmm. you see a lot of people have you know there are quite a number of people have been reported uh, become victim of scams and frauds and all that that's public right you know, it's not very much related to a company of course the companies we are hearing about you know, phishing attacks and ransomware attacks and all that and it's becoming quite rampant nowadays but the companies you know if they have a security team or the IT team they know okay this has happened and they're going to do something about it i mean they have to do something about it all right yeah so we talk about security awareness month it has to be more of a, a big scale public uh, with a big publicity uh, targeting all walks of life. Yeah. Mm. So, so Raj, we have come to almost the end. Two more questions. Uh, the first is, if you had the superpower to change one thing in cybersecurity awareness, what would that be? Oh, that was a tough question for me. To ask. <laughs> I thought about it. Myself. I think, uh, you know, it's like road safety. I mean, road safety is important, right? All right. Because mm-hmm. you know, if you don't follow road safety, then people lose their life. But cybersecurity, I don't think is is not to that extent. Right? You lose your data, you lose your money, and all that. But I think it's also important that it's made mandatory, especially for schools, communities, even companies for the matter. Okay, at the moment, I feel that there are quite a number of companies, uh, personally, I've seen they do it because of compliance reason. But I think it's, it should be beyond that. They should take a holistic approach. All right, because the threats are real. All right, mm-hmm. so it has to be mandatory. All right, but then again, you can't really force it down the throat as well. All right, if they have a security policies in place, they have to deliver it uh, through the awareness program itself. I mean, if you have policy, that means you have a commitment from the, from the top. All right, so awareness program can help to uh, deliver the messages for all the the staff. All right, that's related to the company. Otherwise, it's schools, communities, okay, the public at large. Yeah. So Raj, one last question. Uh, this question I ask everybody, I mean, all my guests, <laughs> right? Um, I know you are a busy guy, you're an entrepreneur, you run your own business, own company, at the same time, you go around, speak with people, you know, you do advocacy, um, you know, you train people, you train board members, and, you know, there's so many other things that you do. I'm wondering, outside of your professional life, what do you enjoy doing in your spare time? Essentially, you know, how do you balance the demands of your role with your personal life? Okay, I mean, basically, but my personal life, of course, work is always there. Okay, that's a fact, right? I can't drop my work. So work is always there. I always divide work and uh, my personal interests. Okay, I like to watch a lot of TV, uh, read a lot of books, all right? I, 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 know, I, know, I know you are a F1 fan. <laughs> yeah, I watch F1 almost every, uh, every two weeks. Uh, in fact, I watch every single... Uh, race, right. all right. That's uh, that's one of my personal interests, and uh, usually this kind of things always make my uh, time for it. That's about it because, like I said, the works will be always there, all right. Uh, but my passion's always been uh, on raising awareness. That's always been my. In fact, that's something that I built my career on, all right. And if I guess I've spent half my life doing this, so I might as well just enjoy doing that as well, <laughs> all right. So that's also <laughs> one of my passions, yeah. Yeah, yeah. When you put it that way, half your life, it brings a whole different meaning 
to to what you do. Amazing, yep. uh, Raj. I mean, you know, kudos to you. Um, I've seen <clears throat> you in action, how you advocate things, uh, especially on cyber safety and also cyber awareness. Uh, it's amazing. Continue doing the good work. Wonderful. So, R- Raj, um, we have come to the end. Um, yep. It's been a wonderful uh, session. I truly enjoyed having this conversation with you. Yep. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Siva, for inviting me to your podcast. And I wish you the very best. And uh, hope you have, uh, hope this whole podcast program uh, grows well. I think it's, it's, uh, it's very uh, timely. Uh, timely. And I don't think there's many podcasts in Malaysia that focus on cybersecurity. So I was quite uh, impressed with the work you're doing so far so i wish you all the best thank you so much raj i mean that's very encouraging and it, i'm sure it, that will motivate me more too <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a grind to be honest with you you know to to balance with uh, my yeah. day-to-day job family kids uh, and then you know to think about uh, preparing for this this podcast and all that. but there's something in me that keeps me going um yeah. so i i i am i i, I want to see this through <laughs> okay yeah, yeah. Hey, thanks, Raj. Thanks a lot, Siva. Take yeah. care, man.